Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Here or Candidate Search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. I love to help people find new jobs, but that's not what we're here to talk about, or maybe it is what we're here to talk about today. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Heather Bennett, best-selling author of Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time, and founder and CEO of Creative Brand Coach. Heather has 20 plus years of brand marketing experience, as well as 18 years of personal brand coaching experience. Her goal is to help professionals and organizations build strong brands and businesses. So Heather, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. You know what? I have to tell you, I started listening to one of your book recommendations. You did, which one? Essentialism. So I haven't got very far because I am so like, do 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 you know, squirrel. Um, but I, and, and I download like, and listen to like five different books at a time, plus read five books um, at a time, which means I've rarely finished one very quickly, but I am, I'm enjoying it. So thank you so much for that recommendation. I think that's so huge that we continue with our personal and professional development. Excellent. Yeah. Growth mindset is really a key. Absolutely. I think that before even anything else maybe that we're going to talk about today is is critical is that growth mindset and just mindset period Mm -hmm. definitely definitely so heather one of the questions i like to ask to kick this off is how did we get connected so we we were connected through frank agon uh he had i had been recommended for him to interview me for his networking rx podcast because i do work a lot in how to use networking for careers and we had a great conversation and he instantly said well you have to talk to casey I think you two would hit it off famously. So I I said, well, I want to meet her. And I listened to a couple of your podcasts and was like, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to meet her. (laughs) And we had such a fun, I love how Frank, and by the way, Frank introduces me to probably, I would say 50 to 60% of my guests for the podcast. He's rarely wrong. I don't think he's ever been wrong, come to think of it. Somebody that he's in. But I love what he said in the introduction. He's like, I'll let you two wallflowers take it from here. I was like, yeah. I know I'm going <laughs> to like her if he's saying she's a wallflower, sarcastically. <laughs> Definitely. So, okay. Well, and you know, I'm, I, I'm glad that we're talking about networking. We always want to talk about networking at the beginning of the show because, um, as you know, it, is, it can be critical in a job search, right? And mm-hmm. one of the things that... Um, I just ran across was someone who had been with their company for almost 20 years, had really, and it was, you know, somebody that was further along in their career, obviously, because they'd been with one company for 20 years, had neglected their network, ended up being um, reorganized out of the company, restructured out, and had no network to lean on. And it's really tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you talk about building the plane while you're flying, but that can be really tough when you're a job seeker. It's a hard 
a hard obstacle to overcome if you don't have a network built in. But it's not impossible. There, I mean, there is hope because building a network is basically a series of events that build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be done if you, t- if you look at it as that small series of those events, small but simple in a row, and not as this big overwhelming thing, it's quite manageable. So it's never too late to start a great, creating a great network for yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that if, if you are that person that doesn't have a network, and I believe everybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care how introverted you are and how much you don't like crowds, you still need a network. It's really part of the process, definitely, uh, for your career uh, or even for being able to do your job. If you're in any way in marketing, sales, or interacting with a client or a vendor on either end, it really part of being able to do that job well is to be building relationships through networking. Mm. So good, so good. I think almost as much as we talk about mindset, we talk about that underlying network. And just like you said, and it's not just handing out cards, you know, like, you know, it's, <laughs> no. it's about building the meaningful relationships. If all you're doing is handing out cards, just don't bother, right? You need to build those meaningful relationships and pour into those relationships so that when you do need to call on them, they're okay with helping you. It's so true. It's it's not a, a quick game. It's not a, sh- uh, you know, there's not quick rewards for handing out the most cards or making the most LinkedIn contacts. It's really the quality and not the quantity of the contacts you make. Well said. I could not agree more. So, okay. So let's get to what we're going to talk about with you today. So, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what personal branding means. So what does a personal brand look like in action? Okay, so we could step back on what personal branding is first. So it's how you represent yourself or communicate your skills, your abilities, and who you are to the outside world. And that's both online and offline. And uh, to, to really emphasize how that gets shown up in action is by where you see that happening. So that's in a LinkedIn profile, on a resume, Uh, when you hand out your business cards. It's also how you post online, how you consistently show up or communicate your knowledge of your industry or field to the people you interact with. So it's a lot of different points, but really the key point in that is that it's communication and doing a good job at it. So a few years ago when personal, and you've been doing this for a while, but personal branding just really yeah. started kicking off where everybody talks about having a personal brand. I got this harebrained idea that I was going to do a personal brand. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just knew that I needed a website. Now, do you think that, I mean, can someone have a personal brand without having like the whole website and the persona to back them up? Your personal brand, think of yourself as the CEO of like the CEO of uh, CEO or uh, chief marketing officer for your personal brand. The point is to have great communication. Now, not everyone needs a website because that may not be the best way to communicate your personal brand to who you need to reach with that information. So, for someone who is a personality, a celebrity, 
or a professional speaker or online uh, media talent, yes, having a website, I would say is vital. Uh, authors, other you know, outward facing um, people in that regard. However, not necessarily for everyone. And the key is understanding who your target audience is, who you need to be reaching, where they are and how they wanna hear that message from you and how they wanna to get to know you. Uh, so not everyone needs a website, no. Okay, and I, my thinking, and, and it wasn't because I was looking for a job at the time, but there is a, there's a lot of competition in the space that I'm in. Mm. And I kind of want to just cut through the noise um, of the other recruiters. I wanted people to see me as a trusted um, resource when it came to helping them find a job. And so I think that's where in my personal um, case, where the website really became valuable for me. Mm -hmm. So that the purpose of the website at that point is to establish you as a subject matter expert. Yes. So you want to be known for being an expert in the field of recruiting. And in order to display that, you have to have that outward communication and the proof so that people can trust you. Uh, people trust people they know mm -hmm. and have shown that they consistently have that knowledge and that capability. So for you, definitely having a powerful website and a way to direct people to it, very, very important. Well, good. I didn't waste my money. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. So what advice do you have for a young professional looking to establish their own unique brand and career? Everything starts with self-awareness. So there, there's two there's two aspects of, or two, I would say, areas they need to focus on. The first is self-awareness. And at the beginning of a career or when you're starting a new career, um, taking the time to really look at who you are. And that can be as simple as doing uh, personality tests like Myers-Briggs or DISC, you know, starting with things, yeah, starting with some very simple ways like that to get to know yourself, you know, what, what color is your parachute? It, and this is, there's many ways to do this. Uh, working with a career coach, mm -hmm. you know, having Huge. them understand what your self-awareness is. So, so starting with that and understanding what skills, talents, abilities, what are you bringing to the table? What's unique about you? But to understand what's unique, you also need to go out and do research about what else is out there. So like you were talking, you know, I'm guessing you were very uh, good at following through. You probably went out and looked at all the other people who are in your space and the recruiters who are successful and really understood what their websites looked like, where they were speaking, where they were interacting with people, and then said, okay, so this is what they're doing. This is how they're doing it. How am I unique? How am I different? What message do I need that's authentic to who I am, but at the same time makes me stand out? You know, I, I thank you for that. And I would like to take credit for what you just said about me being really good on follow through. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> definitely not in my DNA. Um, but I know how to find people. But here's something interesting. When I, I like to think that I'm kind of a trailblazer in this space because when I launched my website, my personal brand website, as a recruiter and a coach, there were no other recruiters doing that. When we launched the podcast mm. as a recruiting agency, there were no other recruiting agencies that were putting their marketing money behind a podcast. 
And now they're popping up all over the place. And I'm like, 100th episode, 152 episodes, you know. Um, it, it's just kind of fun. But I love being that trailblazer and, you know, setting the pace for the people that are following behind in these same in these areas, right? So I think that it is. And that really establishes you as a thought leader. That establishes you as a subject matter expert. If you are one of the trailblazers who took the time to figure out what innovation was going to help the clientele that you serve better. And it, and it was establishing a podcast, establishing a website with information that they could go to. Um, so Absolutely. yeah, that's another way to show that you're a subject matter expert. I love it. I love it. I will take that. And I will tell everybody, Heather said I'm a subject matter, matter expert. So it's, it's done. It's final. So, <laughs> so what recommend, recommendations can you provide for someone like, like what we just talked about standing out, right? What, what can you provide um, to someone who's attempting to stand out in an interview based on your personal brand and coaching experience? Yeah, so before we go into the recommendations, interviewing has changed dramatically in the last couple of years. Uh, there's more, obviously, Zoom interviews and other video conferencing, uh, more panel interviews, more group interviews, which are unique experiences. Um, so I think the way I'll answer that is by thinking about before the interview, during the interview, and after the interview. So before the interview, research. Uh, understand not just only the job description, but how you match that job description. So this may be leaning on your career coach or recruiter to help you with that part. Mm -hmm. uh, understanding who's going to be interviewing you researching them ahead of time. So you know the types of questions they're going to answer and uh, what their perspective is and what they're looking for in a candidate. Um, and then we'll talk about during the interview, you know, certainly do a technology check ahead of time to make sure everything. You, and we, yes. I, uh, as many times as I do technology checks, things always come up. Mm -hmm. So making sure that your Wi-Fi is working, but that you also have your phone hotspot ready just in case for those, very important. Take notes so that you remember afterward what each individual, if it's a group or a panel, said during the interview or what you need to follow up on. Um, and then we'll talk about after, really to stand out, thank you notes. Oh, it is so yes. important to do the thank you emails to every single person that you spoke to during the interview individually and to use those notes to make sure they understand that what they said was important and that you listen to them. Um, and at the end of the interview, asking what the follow-up is, when you should contact them, who you should contact, what the timing is, and if there's anything else they need from you. So that would be how I would say how to stand out before, during, and after. Have you ever been a recruiter before? No, but I've been coaching people in their careers for 20 years. So it's part of the job description. <laughs> you are spot on with everything you said. I totally agree. And especially with the technology. So I have a couple of things to add to that. On the technology, have you heard of an app called Crisp? K-R-I-S-P? No, no. That's what I'm going to write this down. Okay. okay. So this is one that one of my guests actually introduced me to one time. And you're right. With COVID and with the last two years, the things that we've been going through, I would probably say when I send candidates to interview with my clients, it's probably 60 to 70% still by video. Yes. 
they very rarely meet somebody in person before they get an offer. It's crazy. So, but what's interesting yeah. is, so this Crisp app, it's free. I'm not asking you to go pay. I have no affiliation with this company, but I love their app. What it does is it minimizes the external noises. It doesn't completely lock them out, Ooh. but it will dim them. So for example, if you're sitting there and somebody's clapping in the other room, it's gonna dim it. It even, here's the real test. I have two yappy dogs. And of course, inevitably, whenever I'm doing an interview, they start barking, right? Um, if I'm at home. And so it will definitely mute out their barking. That, okay, that is very useful. I have two clients I'm thinking of right now that I'm going to send that information as soon as we get off this okay. call. <laughs> and then the second thing on the thank you notes that I wanted to point out, and this is just because from experience I've had this happen, um, have somebody put a second set of eyes on that thank you note before you send it. That is good. I, I actually do that for my clients. Yes. I say, can I see what you're going to send before you send it? Absolutely. And good advice. I have them do that is, I mean, hard hard knock lesson. I had an offer rescinded one time because one of my candidates sent their thank you note directly to the um, hiring manager and put the wrong name. And I mean, I don't need to remind everybody, I focus in accounting and finance. Attention to details, kind of important, you know? So, so those were the two things that I would add. Good advice, very good advice. Yeah. Um, okay, so how can you engage with the hiring manager? So we're during the interview, right? How can we engage with them in a manner that will leave them or encourage them to want to know, know more about us? Okay, so I think about this the same way I think about social media. Mm -hmm. There, we are all unique, wonderful, very complicated individuals. And there is a lot of information that you could share. However, think about doing a very exciting trickle of information versus a fire hose of everything going on. And by strategically choosing which authentic, true information you're sharing, you can control the scope of what they're focused on and what they need to know more about. Uh, and the other piece of advice I would say is to use storytelling techniques uh, because you want you want what you're saying to be memorable. And like you said, you want them wanting more. Yes. So using um, techniques from storytelling or improvisation or even some comedy would help, not necessarily comedy, but having that ability to capture their attention, understanding the cadence of how you tell the story, that will help make you stand out and make you memorable. I love that. And when you're talking about improv, you know, I, I whenever I'm coaching my candidates before they go for their interview, um, I, I love that. The, and especially just this little bitty piece. Yes, and. Not yes, but. Yes, and. You know, and you're feeding that information back to them. So classic improv. Um, so what about social media? How can job seekers use their tools like LinkedIn or whatever other tools they might be using to improve their personal brands? Okay, so uh, improving, I will take, we'll go back to the memorable mm -hmm. and recognizable being the two most important things about what you wanna do uh, on social media for a job seeker. Uh, 
um, being professional, being authentic, those are just givens. In terms of LinkedIn is incredibly powerful because it's not just a social media platform for posting your opinions and ideas. It's also a networking platform. So we'll go back to where we started the conversation with networking. It's really an excellent tool to use for LinkedIn or to use LinkedIn as part of your job seeking. Um, what I would caution with is to always be thinking before you post anything what your ideal boss or ideal hiring manager would want to hear about you before you post it. And because realizing that what you post will be there, digital ink is never dry. Okay. Andy Christine, my friend, always says that over, you know, over at Media People. That. So he's brilliant. If you could get him on the podcast, he's phenomenal. But the idea being that digital link never dries. So yes, you can go back and edit things. However, you never know when someone is going to view something. Mm -hmm. So understanding that what you're putting out there on LinkedIn needs to make sense. It needs to consistently represent who you are and in a way that gives the hiring manager evidence that you are the right person for that job. You know, I'm going to tell a quick story here because that brought up something else that happened to me. I mean, I've probably got a story for every an example of everything you're saying. But this is one in particular, and I had an offer for a candidate. Um, this is years and years and years ago. Um, but before um, I actually got the written offer, I'd gotten a verbal offer. I got a call from the hiring manager, and he said, look, we're going to pull the offer. And I'm like, why? What, 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 what happened? You know? And he's like, I did a deep dive on her social, and especially her Twitter account. And she's posting during the day how stupid her job is and how much she hates them and can't wait to get out of there. He goes, I can't bring somebody that toxic into my department. And so wow. she didn't get the offer. And so that's one of the things that I really encourage wow. people. I mean, I, you're welcome to have an opinion. Just know that if you do and it goes against the norm, it could come back to haunt you, right? So just be like you just said, be very, very cautious about mm -hmm. what you're posting because I love it. I'm going to say it. Digital ink never dries. And Thank you, Andy. It, it can still be there, right? It yes. never truly goes away. Yes. So. Yes, yeah. I, I do. This is a conversation I have a lot with my clients, especially the, you know, a good portion of them are in the executive C-suite sphere. And we, we really need to talk about um, what the risk is, weighing the risk of what you're putting out there. Is it so opinionated or um it or is it something that goes beyond the scope of professionalism yes and are you willing to take that risk i said ultimately it is it is up to you mm -hmm. however i want you to consider is it worth taking that risk yeah i mean i i have pretty strong opinions when it comes to politics but i guarantee you you won't be able to find out what they are on social and that's a smart strategy yes I don't like comments. I don't comment on comments. I just, if it's, and if somebody tags me on them, I'm like, nope, untag myself, you know, cause I just, I, that's not something I want to put out there. It's nobody's business, right? Um, okay. And one other thing I wanted to mention about LinkedIn is that I think it is so important to put detail number one, um, detail underneath what you're, where you're at, what your job title is, 
put some put some details out there because especially if you're job seeking because I can't tell you how many times I will pass over a candidate that has no details versus one that does because I'm like it's too much work I don't know what you do why am I gonna waste my time calling you if you don't do what I need you to do right so put some detail in there and then the other thing I see make sure your resume and your LinkedIn match don't give me two different so topics. true yeah so true and and it's important to note that those are not the same thing a resume is not a linkedin profile and a linkedin profile is not a resume however if they don't tell the same story then all sorts of red flags that's a very good point yes absolutely that's you know we use that quite a bit when we are sourcing especially if we've had candidates and, and here's something candidates don't realize too once you've engaged with the recruiting agency we have your resume on file forever so don't send me a different one five years later because i'm going to compare them so i just and i love what you said earlier just be authentic and true you're going to get so much farther in your career if you take that approach than trying to lie to get a career that you're not ready for it's so true. And, and it is okay to apply for a job that you don't have every single qualification for, because realize that the job description is the ideal list yes. for who they need. It is not what will get the job done. Yes. But it's basically economics. <laughs> I, exactly. But don't say that you can, that you do have a skill if you don't. Like for example, don't true. say you have a certain um, software experience that the company's yeah, asking yeah. for when you don't and just say but i'm a quick no. learner that's not what we asked for you know so anyway okay i could go off on a whole tangent on that so we'll get off of that one so so you also help job seekers build customized plans to meet their career goals so how does having a plan help expedite the search process that's a good question um See, how can I do it? Uh, think of it this way. Okay, so if you're looking for a job and you go to a large stadium, like outdoor arena, mm -hmm. and it's filled with single sheets of paper, each one having a different job description, a different job opening, and all of those have at least one word in common with your resume, mm. and you have to sift through that and find a job, how long will that take and how cumbersome and painful will that be? It sounds horrible. The other way to do it, right? The other way to do it is imagine you have a nice, neatly stacked 25 pages, each one a different job opening that has many, many, many words in common with your resume and that are connected to you. How quickly do you think you'll find a job and that you'll be happy with and be successful in that job if that's the scenario you're looking for? So having a plan takes you from scenario one to scenario two very quickly. Absolutely, absolutely, I like that. Okay, so I wanna ask you about this. So um, you cover career shifting and how your personal brand connects the career in your book, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time. I believe reading this book would be highly beneficial for someone especially if they're feeling lost in their job path. So what do mm -hmm. you hope? First, tell me, give me a couple of questions if you can from the book. And then, and so just to kind of give us an example of what it looks like. And then what do you hope people will take away from reading your book? 
Um, okay, so question-wise, uh, the book is structured with a couple of, each chapter has a couple of um, essays that discuss how to get thinking about your career. So asking a lot of questions like, where do you like working? Who do you like working with? What are the skills that are, you know, that you enjoy? What tasks or uh, jobs have been easy for you? When do you find yourself enjoying your work? So questions like that. And then there'll be exercises that help you fill out that information at the end of each chapter. Um, so what I hope I for with the I love people, to do go ahead. Where I find happiness yeah. when I'm talking. Why am I not surprised <laughs> by that? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. No, and and you talked about career shifting. Um, it is it we're in a very unique situation right now things have changed the employer the employee loyalty contract is gone people are shifting careers very fast no, there's no staying in a job for 5 10 25 years anymore like it used to be we just so with five that shift months. right and exactly. and with that type of a shift and the fact that most people will have 12 careers between the ages of 18 and 50 and then you look at that 50 number and people are working 10, 20 years after that. Mm -hmm. So that changes how many careers you're going to have over the course of your life. I think what I would want people to take away from the book is, is hope because you don't have to go this alone. Every one of these career shifts, you don't have to do by yourself. There's so much wonderful information out there to help you, to get you started on the right path, to get you thinking about this and researching and support. And whether you know it's my book or personality tests or a career coach or even a job seeker group that you can you know talk together and go through this process together, I would encourage people to go and look for resources to help them. That is so beautiful. And I love that you kind of give so many different avenues, not just your book, although I think that's a fantastic place to start, um, but even the self-awareness. Just being self-aware enough to know that you need help will be helpful. I, mm -hmm. I say it all the time on the podcast, I'm a huge proponent of coaches for everything, you know, and there are very specialized coaches, you know. I, did you have a book coach when you were writing your book? I had a series of mentors. Okay. Who had who I, I heavily relied on, um, and I'm in a author group for so support. Your so own yes, advice. that's awesome. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> that is fantastic. Okay. Well, we're almost out of time, so I want to move to our VIP questions because I learn a lot about you and how you answer these. So, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars. What three things or people would you take with you? Okay, this is a hard question to answer, um, but I will, I'll give it my best shot. My, uh, I would take my husband as Dr. Strange because manipulating <laughs> time and space would be very helpful, I would imagine. That's awesome. Um, my Chicago Public Library card and access to the library that way because I love, Strange. I'm a, a lifelong learner. Well, I'm a lifelong learner, so I, I would want to keep learning and, and growing. Um, and then I think the, the third person, and I, I'll just say all of my friends, you're all amazing, and it was really hard to come up with one person, but I think my friend Kathy is the ideal person to bring. She is an MIT engineer, mm. a Stanford MBA, 
a mom and a venture capitalist. Oh, wow. So incredibly useful person to have with you. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a stand-up comedian. So imagine being able to bring the marvelous Miss Maisel with you to Mars. That's I, like Kathy would be the perfect person to bring. Kathy sounds like somebody I want to meet. She sounds awesome. She's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. What is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Okay. I have a series of, I think it's like 30, 34 different stretches and yoga positions I do every morning. And I've been doing them probably for, I don't remember when I started. I'm thinking it was 18, 20 years ago. Wow. Um, I've always done some version of like calisthenics or something, but this particular group I started and I've added to it over the years. But it's so nice that at the beginning of every day, I can accomplish that and know that my body's going to be stretched and ready to go. I've taken those deep breaths. So I've cleared my head. It gives me a chance to kind of reset my mind and get ready for the day. I love that. I just recently started doing yoga again and I just, I'm like, why, why did I stop? This is so good. It's wonderful. You know? It's so good. Cause you can kind of blend your meditate cause it is a form of meditation um, mm -hmm. and, and get that quiet time and that you time and just that self care, which is so critical if we're going to keep our bodies healthy. Um, so good for you. Um, okay. So my final question, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Okay. Also, uh, since I'm a writer, this is like hard. I'm like a headline is so short. Um, okay. Finding work you love will make the world a better place. I love it. I love it. You know, I tell people all the time that I don't work a day in my life because I love what I do. I get to meet people like you. We have fabulous conversations. Fantastic. So how do the rest of our audience find you? Uh, the easiest way to find me is I do have a website. It's <laughs> heatherhbennett.com and or find me on LinkedIn. I'm there every day, all day as <laughs> part of my work. And um, I also have a website, creativebrandcoach.net. So wonderful. those would be the best ways to reach me. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. Well, Heather, this has been so much fun. I hope you enjoyed being on the podcast. Um, I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.